You're listening to Our Two Cents with the team from SGL Financial, building wealth for life. Steve Lewitt is the president of SGL Financial and Gabriel Lewitt is the CEO. They're here to discuss all the latest in financial news, trends, strategies, and more. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Our Two Cents, where you're going to learn all about the most recent financial news, trends, updates, and strategies. I'm your host, Gabriel Lewitt, and uh, we're actually out of Steve Lewitt today. He's actually out visiting colleges with my sister. Hey, where did he go? Did he fly uh, out to his sister uh, Julia. New York, right? Yeah, he's in New York, you know. Uh, traipsing around, looking at different schools, and uh, having some fun. I, yeah, call, he joked, I called them on the road, actually. He joked last time, said he was done. He thought he was done with this and has to go through it all <laughs> over again. So we'll, yeah, give, so, we'll give him a hard time. So we're, we're Steve-less today, but you've got myself here, your host, Gabriel Lewitt, and, of course, Trent, our case planning director, and uh, probably our most fun guy here on the show. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> so uh, I think we're going to have a great show today. We've got some exciting topics we're going to focus on. Let me just give you a quick taste here. We're going to talk about uh, should you take out a personal loan for your home repair, so pretty good question there. Uh, then we're going to cover the two most important retirement decisions that you're going to have to make in your lifetime. I love this one. Yeah, this is going to be very, very important. Awesome. Okay, then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, mistakes that IRAs uh, have and that a lot of people are making with their IRA. So you want to be very careful about this number one mistake people are making. Big and one. then lastly, we're going to, uh, for you Chicago folks here, of course, we're located here in Chicago. I'll give you some updates on all the craziness that is Illinois and Chicago taxes. Say, it must be the cold <laughs> weather or something like that, that we're just bashing Illinois. I swear we don't hate it. It's just, <laughs> yeah, and we're not going to talk about scams, scams although yeah, you think we are. No scams today. Just ta yeah. just taxes, some fun information there. And then before we kick things off, though, I, you know, Trent, did you hear about what was going on this weekend? down the city of the uh, Chicago Polar Plunge. Yeah, you know, it wasn't just the city, too. I, I saw one in Aurora. I saw them all over the place. It's nuts. Well, is there, Would a, you ever is there a lake in Aurora? There is. There's like a silver lake or something oh, like that. So they people, they, people plunge there, they too? They did. They raised $100,000 for Special no Olympics. Kidding. Yeah, I read that. Yeah, so for guys, what's out? Uh, if you're not familiar with it, what's out there is something called the Chicago Polar Plunge. Uh, and I actually had the I, I never I never did it myself. I had the uh, fortune of being there to watch um, some people I knew do this about eight years ago. You're a masochist. <laughs> <laughs> you like to watch. No, them. they're the masochists. <laughs> so first of all, it's for a good cause. So this year, 4,500 people jumped into freezing Lake Michigan. 4,500. And if you know how cold it was this weekend, imagine jumping into cold water on top of that. Yeah, it was dropping too all weekend <laughs> long. Holy cow. Yeah, so the, the, the gist here was that people donated either at least $200. Some teams actually raised thousands of dollars in honor of the Special Olympics Chicago for transportation, medals, equipment, trips, stuff like that for Very over cool. 7,500 kids. So I think that's a terrific cause. And uh, although I didn't I didn't plunge myself this year, I, it makes me want to go back and watch again next year. Oh. I haven't done this in a while. It's just uh, watch. I can only imagine the faces of people I, coming I'm too, out I'm of too worried my, like, my heart would stop if oh, I jumped into exactly. the water. Exactly. So what did you do? <laughs> What did you do? Uh, while people this were weekend. plunging, yeah, while people were plunging and you um, were warm, I was mimosaing at the uh, at a brunch spot I downtown like nice. <laughs> with some friends and their kids. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good time. It was a good time, and uh, I really enjoyed myself. Nice good. and warm. That's awesome. Yeah, nice good and call. Warm. Good call. All right, so so let's talk about some of these um, agenda items we were going to focus on here today. The first one being, uh, Trent, should you take out a personal loan to pay for home repairs? Now, this came from the Motley Fool. And just to kind of set the stage here, there's lots of reasons you might want to consider taking out a personal loan uh, amongst those debt consolidation, unexpected emergencies, medical costs are some of the biggest reasons. Yep, yep. 
Um, but one of the other top reasons actually is taking money out for home repairs or renovations. Yeah, I like this. This was uh, this was a really cool article. It's actually timely for me because I've got a home renovation you do going on right now. Yeah. I didn't take out a loan to do mine, but that um, made me think a little bit about whether or not you know how for these types of things. You know, it it is interesting. It's it's kind of one of those uh, where you can bring up. The, the main, main point, just because someone's polar plunging over the weekend doesn't mean that you should be doing it too, but there are times when it really does work. Yeah, so I mean, so as far as taking out a personal loan, is it a good idea or a bad idea? Um, it depends, right? It really depends on what are your alternatives, right? That's really what this article talks about. So, you know, if, if the alternative, let's say, is to put it on a credit card, we can start maybe with mm-hmm. that. You know, the, a personal loan... Uh, you know, interest rate is going to be a lot less than what you might be paying on your credit card. Yeah, because some people, I mean, I was actually working with a client a couple weeks ago and he had some debt on credit cards and we were talking about plans to eliminate it. And uh, one of his credit cards, I think it was uh, Kohl's or something like that, <laughs> a couple thousand dollars on a Kohl's credit card. Yeah, three, three, uh, 30% APR. Yeah, as I said, the average in the United States is 17 and a half. Yeah, his was, his was 30%, 29.99. Sorry, I'll round up there. But, <laughs> um, you know, astronomically high. And I think the key here is with these personal loans, if you have decent credit, you can actually get as low as uh, single digits. Now, I think the thing is, if you're retired, right, so we're retirement planning specialists, and and some of you out there, I hope, are listening to our show, mostly because you're uh, interested in some of our thoughts here on retirement planning and and tips and tactics and ideas. I think the big thing is, if you're thinking about a home renovation, um, there's so many things that go into that that you have to be cautious of. And first and foremost is, how much are you planning on spending and uh, if you can't afford it from your retirement budget, you might be thinking, well, maybe I'll just take out one of these loans. But you still have to pay for it. Yeah, you do. And I think, you know, it's, it's actually interesting. Most people are like, well, I'm going to be jumping into retirement. How much home renovation am I going to have to do? And I actually wrote a blog about this in our blog, you know, mm-hmm. how I remember. a few months ago talking about all the things that you might need to do to your house to get it ready for retirement. Yeah. So these are things that you should be thinking about. And before they happen... And, and then it's also, let's talk about how you're going to pay for it. I mean, yeah, and I, I have clients say they're talking to me about retiring. Hey, we're going to retire in two, three years here. Um, how much do we need? But also, uh, honey, you promised me a, uh, a kitchen renovation <laughs> <laughs> at some point in our lifetime right. here. You know, I've been, oh, some people, the wife's looking at the husband. I've been waiting, honey, yeah, elbow, right. elbow, <laughs> you know, about for that. 20, 30 years and they here. Look at, and they look at us and they say, can we do that or not? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that's part of the question is if you're thinking about home renovations here, especially if you're thinking about retirement, um, you might be thinking about personal loans. I would encourage you to actually think about where this fits into the overall picture of your plan. And just some, some thoughts to consider is should you take it out in cash if you've got money, yep. um, perhaps is not currently being used for income, or is it better to pay that interest rate and then you know have that monthly payment each month? And I right. think the answer to that, like we said, that does depend on your overall plan, though, and what, which one ends up being best yeah, there's, for you. Yeah, I mean, there's all different conversations we can have. You know, if you have, uh, if you have the ability to pay that debt off quickly, you know, maybe it's something that we can find a introductory rate in a credit card. Maybe that's a credit card's a better idea than a personal loan where you get a 0% interest, you know, for the first 36 months or something yeah. like that. Or, you know, home equity lines of credit. There's all kinds of things. Yeah, the HELOC can- is a good idea they mm-hmm. were talking about, in, especially in the article. And yep. we'll, we'll do the same advice for some of our clients. If you've got some equity in your home, granted, you, you typically want to pay all that off, yep. especially before you retire. But I do know some uh, um, retired clients, you know, they're in their upper 70s. They don't have, uh, or mid 70s, they don't have a ton of money. And they have things that they either want to do or need to do to their house to either keep it up to shape or maintain it, um, maybe add some important new things for, yep. for retirement convenience. Um, so these are some important questions. And uh, hopefully this gives you some 
ideas on how to approach these things if you're thinking about it. Um, a couple quick other key points here. What uh, you want to also watch out for is uh, try not to put this all on your credit card. Yep, exactly. Um, even the installment loans here are better for your FICO score than revolving debt like credit cards. And you also get, tend to get those fixed rates with a fixed installment period. Correct. That you, you know there will be an end date if you do buy one of these loans. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, so, Trent, you know, let's switch gears. We talked about retirement planning and two really popular and important retirement planning uh, decisions that you have to make. And really what we're going to focus on here is as you're thinking about your retirement planning, there's um, some studies that have been done. This one particularly was from the uh, Sightlines report prepared by Stanford Center of Longevity. And really what the conclusion came to here, and it's a little bit, uh, might be a little bit depressing. It is. It is. <laughs> so well, when I read it, Just it to start things off, we'll try to then cheer things up a little bit here. But uh, sobering conclusion here, baby boomers don't have enough savings to retire full-time at age 65 and maintain the same spendable income when they were working. Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy stat because most people are thinking that's the time to turn it off yeah. and, and really start. And now that the stats are starting to, to weigh in, they're not, not in their favor at 65. Yeah, so, so, I mean, that might not be you. It, maybe you're concerned it might be you. So a couple things that, as you think about that, if you can't retire at 65 and maintain your same quality of living, what you really only have a couple other yeah, options. What are then, the options? Yep. You know, your first one is um, when do you retire? And that's that actually our first question, right? And it's one of the most age? popular questions we get from our clients when they come in to first sit down with us is, um, Gabe, you know, or Steve or Trent, uh, when can I retire yep. is really what everybody wants to know. Yeah, they want to know, can I do it today, tomorrow? What what does it look like? And that's, it is it is the biggest question because it, every, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this article and how it does, but it does, it, the stats do show that the longer that you do work, obviously the numbers work out a little bit in your favor, no matter how you look at it. But, you know, when, do you, do when you know, can Do we, you know why? Well, there's a bunch of reasons why. <laughs> well, well, you have more money. You have income. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't know if this is an official term. I call it the, uh, the like the double or triple yeah. compounding effect <laughs> trend. Right. So, I mean, first and foremost, you're not pulling money out of your investment accounts. Yep. Okay. You're then also usually contributing more if you're still working yep. into your investment accounts. Just the way you were all the years before. And yep. if you're not pulling money out, you also have more money that's in there earning even more interest. Yep. The triple compounding that's, effect. And that's the triple compounding effect. And, and it's really huge. huge it, even if you push somebody's, and we'll do this if we run a couple different uh, plan variations for you if you come into our office as we design your ideal retirement we income. I almost feel like we could coin the quadruple because at that point, too, you can't. your Social Security is less every year you take it beforehand, it too. Might, so we I almost think, yes, say you're right. Quadruple. I forgot about that. So, yeah, you know, part of this is your Social Security benefits plays into that, too. So as you delay your retirement age, you give your Social Security uh, benefits and credits more time to increase before you turn those on. Um, there, uh, what's actually what's after four? Quintuple? Is it? Quintuple? Yeah, that would be quintuple. There, there might even be a quintuple. We, we'll find one. We'll find one. Because the other one too is your health insurance costs. Oh, it, here it is. Yeah, you know, is it, going if especially before sixty-five when you can qualify for Medicare. Yep, correct. And it's really interesting. I, you know, a recent client I was meeting with said I'd like to retire at age sixty-two. And we got to talking, and I and we asked a few questions about that. And I said, you know, one of the, the biggest considerations, I uh, don't know if you've thought about this yet, is um, how are you going to pay for your, your health insurance between 62 yeah, and 65? How do you bridge the gap? I think I bridging, remember, the, I remember the gap. This, this case with you. Uh, and he looked at me and was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was something that I never thought about. Absolutely. He's like, that, that's a really good question <laughs> um, because that could be a very, very big expense. Because well, okay. they'll go to a budget, and then it won't be in there, and then we have to change it all. And it, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. 
Well, I'm not sure. I just heard a big noise there. I'm not sure if that was on our uh, did we get podcast. A, did we get a question that emailed in? <laughs> was that a li- Maybe that was a live question. <laughs> you that let us know, all right? In there. The producers will let us know. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe's our producer here. He's, uh, he's laughing. <laughs> so, um, okay, so so two key decisions, so guys. First one the is, first, one first one was, one yeah, age, the age, age at which you retire. What's number two? That was number one. Number two, just as important, is the question of how you retire, how you retire specifically. Wow. And, and what they mean by that is do you retire Full bore. You I was know. just gonna say it, but all the eyebrows are raising right <coughs> yeah. now. What does that mean? How yeah. do I retire? Of course, I'm uh, retire and, on a and, beach. And tip, yeah, typically people think when when we're talking about how you retire, like you know, what's my lifestyle? Am I uh, am I traveling a lot? This is not talking about specifically talking about are you going to be fully retired yep. or are you going to be working part time? Yep, right. And it's actually it brings some really good points in in when you think about it. Maybe you're tired of your full time grinds. You know, some I had a woman the other day came in to see me. She'd been a um, a nurse in a uh, emergency ward for 41 years. <laughs> 41, 41 years. years. Wow. And and she just said, you know, I, I have had enough of uh, of this job, and I'm looking forward to being able to retire. Um, so that's one of those questions, right? Let's say your situation says you need some additional money. Uh, one option is you don't retire full time and just stop working completely. You could find a less stressful part time job. Yep. Uh, even sometimes part time jobs that have uh, benefits. You know, health insurance, you know, so they do exist out there For sometimes, sure. you know, fewer and far between. But that's one of those other considerations. So as you combine these two factors, you know, what this study said is, and, and it's not really a surprise, but the longer you wait, and if, of course, if you do have a part-time job after you retire, these can make significant differences in your overall planning. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. They did, you know, six individual analyses of all different options inside this article, and I thought it was neat. They coined the term downshifting strategy downshifting. For those. So I like those, I yeah. actually like that. I, I have heard think, that before. I think I'll use that moving forward talking yeah. about folks that you know decide to work part-time or decrease their hours or their commute or downshifting yeah, your hours downshifting, downshifting everything. Your yeah. commute. Mm-hmm. But they did six individual analyses and it's very similar to kind of the things that we would do for clients that come in to see us. You know, let's look at the numbers at 62, at 65, at 67, mm-hmm. all the you know we would do all those or let's look at a part-time job that gets you. So we it was really really interesting so they did these and I'll, and I'll go through the, the top two. You know, the first one, if you just retired at 62 right away, mm-hmm. you know, you take your Social Security. It's the lowest amount you can get in Social Security. And then you start drawing down your assets. Now, mind you, you have a longer time to, to draw those assets sure. down. So it's less. You have to pull out less each time. So that's on average was like 62312 in this example. Let's just use that as an income example. Mm-hmm. Scenario five says, let's say we worked all the way to full time to 70. We have highest Social Security. Now I have less time to draw down my assets. More money. It was a difference. You know, all the way up to almost one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in income, almost double. almost double, yeah, almost double, yeah, and that's and all, you know anywhere in between is, is I, where the rest of them. Fall. I think this is you know what's so hard about this for for people out there thinking about when I should retire. There's a lot of conflicting information too. I think it's uh, Susie Orman or somebody else. There's a few other uh, big big wig talking heads out there that say you know seventy is the new sixty. Yep. And I'm not sure I agree with that, honestly. I, I think you know your sixties, you're healthy, you're usually feeling pretty energetic. Um, not always the case with people we meet with that are in their 70s. And so this is a key time of your life where um, you might have that energy and that desire to go out to travel, right. uh, maybe do sports, hiking, you know, all these different things you maybe weren't able to do when you're just grinding full time at work. So I, I think there's so many considerations in here, and maybe it's a balance between the two. And of course, numerically speaking, it always is better to wait longer. Uh, delay, 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 work part-time. The question is, is what's the best fit for you right. 
in your lifestyle. And that's ultimately what we want to try to help you figure out right. in the goal behind an ideal. It's really plan. important, really important to just just run the scenarios. And that's yeah. what we do for our so, clients. So, yeah, this is the summary, guys. Here's what I encourage you to do here. So, um, number one, you got to have a plan. If you haven't re- ran your retirement income plan or you're not sure what the numbers are or just want a second opinion, uh, give us a call here at 847-499-3330. And just, it's a second uh, complimentary review, you know, second opinion. Um, there's no obligation whatsoever right. to do that. And we'd be happy to help show you some of these different options and see if we can help you do a little bit better. We'll run some multiple scenarios, working longer, retiring sooner. Uh, and we're going to try to help you design that better income plan. Yep, That's really our key goal there. Uh, so moving on to our um, the other retirement-related topic we were going to focus on here, uh, related a little bit very, here, Trent, very much related. is the number one IRA mistake that almost all retirees make. And this is something we do see as well. So the author of this particular um, topic here was, was also a, a financial contributor and has his own advisory firm, I think. And so, you know, you'll hear some similar planning topics elsewhere, but we're big believers in, in this. And basically what he's talking about is the importance of having um, a dis- distinction between what investments go into which, of, which types of your accounts. In other words, taxable brokerage accounts, what should go into those uh, IRA accounts, 401k accounts, what should go into those? Trent, should should someone have the same thing in both of those? No, absolutely not. And I think we'll have to make sure this is going to get technical pretty quick here, I would think. I think this one's so, a little bit technical. So we'll, we'll make sure we'll, <laughs> we'll try to do keep our it best. Yeah. And if you simple. have questions about it, make sure, like I said, email in or call in and ask those questions. But um, basically, what we found and what, you know, in this article, the, the contributors that he has found as well is a lot of times when he analyzes a portfolio for a client or somebody that comes in, they'll look and they have these two qualifications of money. You have your IRA money, your qualified money, stuff that you haven't paid any tax on yet mm-hmm. uh, and is going to be taxed when it comes out as ordinary income. Very mm-hmm. important, right? And then your non-taxable, your, your taxable accounts, sorry, taxable things like your brokerage accounts, things that were taxed when they come out as long-term capital gains. Yeah, and, and we will often call those qualified yep. and non-qualified. Qualified and and non-qualified. It's, a, it's an important term if you're out there uh, listening here to to keep in mind. Sometimes we'll use qualified, non-qualified. Yep. We'll get these blank stares, but, <laughs> blank stares from clients. To round that out, so what happens is we review those and we say, well, you know what? Yeah, you went through a risk analysis with your advisor and, and it looks like you should be in, we'll use a 70-30 model, and it looks like they spread you across all of your qualifications of money in the same exact portfolio designations. Yeah. And that might not be the best. As so, a matter of fact, so in other words, what you're saying, way. your taxable brokerage account has a 70-30 yep. model, 70% they're, they're, they're invested identically. The IRA has a 70-30. They're invested The Roth exactly has the a 70-30. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so the problem with that, guys, is it's actually the, um, the technical term. We said we get a little technical here. It's called asset location. Yep. And it's a more advanced tax strategy, something that we use here in our firm. And, and not every advisor uses this approach and it's it's something that we always kind of kick ourselves when we see you know when we see clients that don't do this we're just like man how does this happen because this can this technique that you're in this mistake that you're making with your IRA could cost you thousands and thousands of dollars in it's tax just savings a massive tax trip. over your lifetime so you absolutely don't want to be making this mistake and it's just far unfortunately far too common but here's the idea so you want to take in your taxable uh, most tax efficient account for example uh, which is your IRAs, is going to be invested differently than your taxable accounts or your brokerage accounts. So let me give you a quick example here. If you've got uh, something that's you know really aggressive, it's going to grow really fast, let's say appreciate really quickly like yep. your stocks, that might make a better sense to have in your uh, non 
tax, sorry, your tax, taxable, brokerage. taxable brokerage account. Yeah, I told you it was going to get confusing. <laughs> even sorry. ourselves talking yeah. about your taxable brokerage account. Why? Because it's going to appreciate even faster. Yep. It's going to have higher gains, and you'll get to be able to take advantage of your long-term capital gains tax rate, which is lower than your ordinary income yeah. tax rate. Another question. Oh, I think another question popping. Those real <laughs> real time questions. We'll have to Maybe answer these on our probably, next show. They're probably making fun of the fact that we can't say the, the taxable right. or non tax. But yeah. uh, so 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 let me finish there, Trent. So the difference there is if those really appreciated stocks were in your retirement account, yep. when you finally take that money out, or when you're forced to, which we'll talk about here in just a second, you're gonna have to pay ordinary income tax rates on that much higher increase gain. Right. So that's the idea behind asset but, location. And, it's, and it's, it's one of those things where it's really, really important then because it can be well, where we say we take advantage of the tax savings. Right now, most people, when they take the money out of their, their taxable accounts, are going to pay around 15% cap. That's what it is right now, mm-hmm. unless you make you know, astronom- more than 400 some thousand dollars a year where it jumps to 20. But you know, we should run the tax numbers to say, okay, what is my ordinary income tax marginal tax bracket? If it's less than 15, maybe it's better to use the IRA. Yeah, you have there, to there do are those there analyses. are some different. In fact, uh, some people don't know this. Depending on how much income you've got in, when you do first retire, if for example you're just taking Social Security, there's actually opportunities to take money out of your IRA yep. and pay no tax. Completely, completely. You know, typically people think I take my RMDs, which, by the way, um, folks, is required minimum distributions. You've got to take those when you hit 70 and a half. But people think you always have to pay taxes when you take that money out. Sometimes through proper tax planning, you can actually pay no tax on that while you've withdrawn it from your IRA. It's amazing. Which is really cool. So there's lots of tax planning opportunities that are involved here with your IRA, and you want to make sure you're looking at all the different options that you have to save money on taxes. Because one of our golden rules here, um, Trent, I know you believe in this, it's not it's not your pre-tax return that matters, it's your after-tax That's return right. that matters. That's exactly right. And you could have something that you know gets you a good pre-tax return with a really, really high tax rate, and that's not going to be very it's valuable. It's a washout yeah. almost. You know? So yeah. it's always about what you're keeping after you pay Uncle Sam, and we're going to try to help you keep more of that. Yeah, we are. So, guys, we said uh, today was going to be a little bit of a uh, talking points on taxes here. So here's um, an interesting tax uh, tip for you, or not even tip, just a tidbit. Uh, Illinois is actually officially ranked now the second in the nation for highest property taxes, cor- according to Daily yeah. Herald here. So we all knew they were high. Now you just know exactly how high they are. Today I feel <laughs> like it's the coldest state. You know, <laughs> right now the way we've been going yeah. through this vortex is March already, and it's still below zero. Well, that's the good news. This is March. I, I think know. we're hopefully going <laughs> to – maybe this is winter's dying breath here because uh, it's pretty cold today, and you so forgot your coat. I did. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> but, you know, they say that – was it who's ahead of us? Oh, uh, New, New Jersey. Jersey, yeah. New Jersey. Two, oh, they poor, say on average 2.44%, where we're 2.31. Yeah. Um, of, yep. So, I mean, basically an effective tax rate of 2.31%. And in Illinois, that equates to an average of 4157 on an average home value of 179700 So, interestingly enough, our average home value in Illinois is much lower than some of the most expensive averages in the country. Very true. Um, but we still have amongst still even with that the high second highest property taxes overall. Yeah, that's, that's I, what I thought was pretty crazy. That's, that's that just not, means and, how high the taxes you know, it's, it's really fun, are. They actually have an, a little snippet inside this article talking about the mass exodus of of people from different states, and I'm surprised that we weren't included in that because there are so many people leaving Illinois. In fact, mm-hmm. if you look at, you look at the so I'm kind of a sports nut, and you look at the recent deal with uh, Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. You watch baseball, you follow baseball. He got three hundred thirty million dollars over thirteen years. And he That's took it. that. Took that with the Philadelphia Phillies. He got a better offer 
from the Dodgers, mm-hmm. and he nixed it because he didn't want to pay the taxes. Yeah. And stuff. So it's like you know, it's one of those. These are real, real things. People are leaving because they're not yeah. taking. Yeah. I mean, you go to a low income tax state or no income. Illinois tax needs state, to watch out. You're for gonna, that. you know, all of a sudden have a much better. Uh, remember, the, uh, well, at what you keep in your pocket after taxes. Right? That's exactly that's the right. whole point. Yeah, I mean, that's no, the whole reason all else, why. All going. other variables the same. Yep. You pay less in taxes, you're going to keep more. So very real thing. Uh, Illinois not uh, not so hot on the uh, tax front. There. Here, here's another reason it's not so hot. You guys are going to love this. Uh, I just, uh, I actually hadn't even. Heard heard about this uh, proposal until I doing some research on this for the podcast here but uh, yeah JB Pritzker the you know, newly uh, elected governor here is proposing a uh, statewide five cent um, plastic bag tax trend I know and they've already have I mean, they already have this in Chicago uh, they already have it in Oak Park if you've heard of Oak Park you know yeah, yeah. I, well I hadn't I hadn't known that before yeah. it says your so Oak my, Park what? Oak Parkers pay so 10 was, cents it's per so bag. funny my brother lives in Oak Park right and I he used to call me all the time on his way home, like on a like a Thursday or Wednesday, and he's like, "I'm coming through Elmhurst. I'm going shopping, grocery shopping." And I go, "What? That's where I live, is Elmhurst." I said, "Why are you coming? You live in Oak Park. Why are you going to stop here?" And he tells, "I want to pay the bag tax." Well, it's great. I mean, okay, I, I go grocery shopping. You know, Trent. I'm sure, we all do. Yeah. I, I don't know. I probably, if I do go to a place that has plastic bags, maybe you get ten. 10, 12 bags right. sometimes, depending on what, what you're getting. I don't pay attention. Yeah. yeah. No, I have a question, Trent. If, I will If now. they give you two plastic bags for like your heavy goods, and let's say you don't have any yeah. control, are you getting double? <laughs> if they double, double bag, bag your milk or yeah. something? Yeah. <laughs> you better watch out, guys, you know. There's a, that's, a, that's a 10 cent milk bag. <laughs> yeah. You got to be real careful here. Holy I, I get, I, I totally do understand. I mean, so here's the deal. They're going to start triple bagging. Here's the deal. I mean, know, it's not, uh, it's not done just because they. I mean, they do need the money in the state, obviously. But the, they're saying it could. Don't bring tell in, me you think it's environmental. They do say that it is. Well, I mean, what do you think? I, I don't it's know. It's all know. about the money. Trent. I mean, they show this picture of this bag hanging on this tree on the. Other yeah, I, I think they like to make it seem like it's environment. I mean, it's definitely more environmentally friendly if people start. I use you those know, bags too, man. Yeah. So time. no doubt, like we use some, uh, we use paper bags whenever we can. And uh, we even have some of those totes, you know. I but hate, I use, I think I, I hate use, the totes, I use those plastic bags to like line the mini garbage cans in my house all the time. Yeah, like, what am yeah. I, am well, you're pay paying five that? cents for it. No, no. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe. So you know, that's what's crazy about this is, you know, I actually think it's mostly just about tax revenue. And part of the challenge is, is if you're like us, and I feel this way, uh, you just feel a little bit fed up with the what? amount of taxes that are being proposed. That was that was one of the things in the article that resonated with me was this. I just, I'm not really all that. I'm not concerned financially about paying five cents a bag for. It's not yeah, going to kill too many people, couple, but couple bucks but here. It's there. the precedence of what the state. Feels yeah, like let's just they, tax everything. Well, yeah, right? the one guy says, "Well, <laughs> pretty soon they'll be taxing the air you breathe." Yeah. You know, and, you know, well, they they what they'll say they, they proposed a uh, mileage tax, an Uber mileage tax. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can't literally tax every single thing that we Illinoisians do, oh, and, and yeah. not. You know, not affect us to get. That's get why you, you you look at the comments in these articles. You just see like the hashtag Illinois. Yeah, that's what everybody's <laughs> saying right now. <laughs> well, that's uh, pretty much the uh, the, the common consensus. It so is. yeah, uh, I guess I guess bottom line, use paper. Um, and, or you uh, can you know, buy your own. Buy like, your totes. You, yeah, the totes. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so uh, onto one just la- our last uh, topic here today. I really like this one. I, I sometimes just want to talk about some things this, I think are kind of interesting. This scares me. By the um, way. It's a little bit interesting. It, it says uh, Northwestern neuroscientists are researching and pretty close to possibly even uh, creating here uh, brain chips to make people super intelligent. Now, Trent, I know you don't need one of those because <laughs> you're, 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 you're already up there. No, well, I mean, we, we're all, I mean, this is, this is scary. This guy is, uh, he's super smart, but he's also a little, 
some of the things that he said inside here are a little weird. Who's that? His name uh, is Moran yeah, Morin, Surf. Moran Surf. Yeah. Uh, he's, yeah, he's in talks with the Silicon Valley giant, but yeah. he doesn't want to tell you who it is. Well, it's probably <laughs> Google because they want to control the world. They do, they do. But uh, guys, so basically, you know, um, you can be walking down the street, and some guy or gal next to you that's paid a bunch of money for this implant has basically like superhuman intelligence. They literally have Wikipedia in their brain. Yeah, that's what yeah. they're saying. Yeah, you, you basically this little chip will have a uh, internet connection. Uh, now you don't even have to have a phone anymore. You can probably just make Bluetooth calls from your head. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's where they're going next with it, um, but yeah, you can Google stuff with your mind. It's just ins- it's I'm insane. not sure how you get say, the answer. Okay, so they say the average monkey's intelligence ranking is about seventy, mm-hmm. or the average human's a hundred. We're higher than that, right? Yeah, the, genius the monkey, than the monkey than the monkey. We yeah. are okay, hundred. Yeah. Genius is hundred and forty, and somebody with one of these chips could be around two hundred. Wow! And they say that now it could create intelligence gaps, not mm. only race and gender and all these other. Now we're going to have intelligent gaps. And they made a f- the guy makes a funny comment about Stephen Hawking in here. He says, what are they going to do with a guy like him? They're going to say, oh, look at this cute little Stephen Hawking. He can do <laughs> you know, differential math in his brain and his IQ of 160. We'll put him back in his cage and let him be like, it's like crazy. I just, I just don't, it's crazy. I just don't get how this works. So imagine you have, have a chip in your head right now and you, you think a question like is it talking back to, like how do you how do you get <laughs> that's the why answer? i couldn't get like, i couldn't get this it scares me i don't know i don't <laughs> understand it uh and if it can do all those other complex things can it like can it like talk to you can you have conversations with the chip in your head i don't and think so if I you're lonely can it be just, your friend it just feels like a headache yeah <laughs> well, well the funny thing related to finance it was talking about is how somehow they i don't know i don't know exactly how it's claiming that this chip will allow you to make significantly better financial, financial investing investi- decision. investment decisions. So you with this chip, you're going to be richer. It says you'll be richer than your friends. You'll healthier. be healthier than your friends and uh, smarter than your friends. And so it's going to create these social uh, uh, gaps Relation, where you, relationships are in trouble. You, you can't you know, relate to those uh, mo- monkey people. This isn't going to happen, I hope, right? <laughs> they say within five years. <laughs> All these other big places, Facebook is apparently researching some, something Elon similar Musk. as well as Elon Musk. Yeah. So, 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 guys, if you're out there listening, uh, good news or bad news on the horizon, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, we might all be uh, super intelligent beings here in the, in the near future Googling through our brains. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. Well, anyway, guys, we covered a lot of territory today. I think uh, if you're listening here, so again, just to recap, we talked about uh, some of the biggest, most important questions when it comes to your retirement planning. Um, So make sure if you've got questions about your retirement planning, not sure what to do, give us a call here. Again, 847-499-3331 or go to our website, www.sglfinancial.com. We talked a little bit about some mistakes with your uh, IRA yeah, don't account. make those mistakes. Tax, yeah, let, easily avoidable tax us, mistakes. Be super, more efficient. Just have a keep more money in your top in your pocket. And just all you got to do is come in and talk yep. to us, and we'll we'll do an analysis for you and show you how we can help you save money, uh, as well as just you know in general, how do we become more tax efficient and and not pay five cents per bag? Yep. Speaking <laughs> of taxes, if you want your taxes done again, right? Yeah, we're we're still doing midst of tax preparation season here, folks. Uh, we've got a flat one ninety nine price uh, for your tax return here. Come on in. Happy to help you uh, complete that get you your refund back in your pocket. Uh, but otherwise, Trent, that's our show here yep. to guy, uh, today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of our listeners. Make sure you send us uh, your questions as well. We'll be answering some more questions on our, on our next show here. And, uh, of course, have a very, very wonderful day. And uh, we look forward to having you on the next one. Yep. See you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to Our Two Cents with Steve and Gabriel Lewitt. 
For any questions about your finances, give SGL a call at 847-499-3330 or visit us on the web at sglfinancial.com and be sure to subscribe to join us on next week's episode.